You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. You know, I was meditating on the attributes of God. Many of us have meditated on his attributes. We know a lot. We know a lot of his attributes. But there's one in particular which God wants us to share today. That one is very peculiar. But you know, so many of his attributes, you can say that someone or something can even get a certain percentage, even if it's a little fraction. Right? But has one of his attributes that no one, nothing, can even get a fraction of it. Praise Jesus. When we say that God is omnipresence, the word omni means all, right? That is, God is omnipresence. God is everywhere. We look at what technology is today. If you look at maybe 30 years ago, there's nothing like Zoom. I mean, that's meetings. There's no... I mean, that is uh, video calls and so on. So, but today you can be here and you're talking with 20 people or 40 people in 40 different countries. But that's not yet close to whom he is, but it's a fraction, very little, microscopic fraction of being everywhere. Praise Jesus. When we say omnipotent, many, some nations have tried to be so all-powerful. Some people have tried to be all-powerful. But it's still micro to whom God is. When we say omniscience, all-knowing, we know of AI today. That's the artificial intelligence. What can be done? You can ask questions and they give you all, every answer. But it's still micro, still very microscopic to whom God is. Praise Jesus. With these three attributes, omnipresence, omnipotence, omniscience, God rules over all his creation. Praise Jesus. But that's not where I'm going to this morning. When we say God is love, his love cannot be matched. But also, we can look at some love by men or even by other listen, that can have the microscopic measure of whom God is. When we say his goodness, you know, sometimes you have said, even yourself, ah, that man is good. Praise Jesus. That woman is good. You are still talking about microscopic measure of whom God is. Praise Jesus. When we say that God is holy, there are some people you look at. You look at them as they are holy. You know, because of their lifestyle and all that. So you can still make have a reference. I still use the word microscopic to the holiness of God. Praise Jesus. What of kindness. When I say kind, we know that God's grace is God's generosity. There are people that are generous. But you cannot measure their generosity to the generosity of God. To the kindness of God. You know, there are many. I can continue counting. But when I come to his immutability. God being immutable. You know what it means. God lives 
out of time and out of space. No other. Praise Jesus. No other lives out of time and what? Out of space. God changed not. That's an attribute that separates him from every other. There is no one that can have even any microscopic to measure with that. Praise God. I thought that this would excite you because the God you serve, the God I serve, cannot change. The God I serve does not change. Praise Jesus. So the word I bring to us today, I titled it, he changed not. He what? Changed not. In Malachi 3, 6. It says, for I am the Lord. I change not. Here it says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. But I'm looking at that first part. I do not change. I do not change. James 1.17 talks about his, the same immutability. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the father of lights. With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. No variation or shadow of turning. When I was thinking of this, I started thinking of, because I know that some geologists may tell me about some minerals and so on. But if you have studied a little bit of geology, you know that every single mineral mutates. That's variation. Either by temperature, by pressure, or by any. Right? Or by the chemical, that is, uh, this thing, uh, surroundings around that very mineral. It changes. So everything, every other thing changes. Every other thing changes over time. Praise Jesus. But God, no. Because God lives out of space and out of time. Praise Jesus. Now, this means that God will never be less than he is now. Or ever be different from what he has already revealed himself to be in the past. God is whom he is. It's written down in your Bible. When you read about him, you study about him, it is him. You know, this started making me to reason that if he has done it before, he will still do it now. I don't want to use the word he can. Because when I've already said that he is omnipotent, the can is not in question. If he has done it before, he will do it now. If you know anything that God has done before, he will do it for you and he will do it for me. That's what his immutability tells us. Has God, this thing I'm believing God for, has he done it before? Do I have any reference that he has done it before? Then I can go and relax. I can go and rest about it. Praise Jesus. Has he spoken it? He will do it. No, 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 sorry. He, it is done. If he has said it, it is what? Done. It is done. Hebrews 13 verse 8. says, Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Now, think of this. Jesus came to this, our world, as a man. And the Bible is telling us that he is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. You know, for those that have been asking, I know he's not in this church, is Jesus really God? You understand? If he is, and is now, and is. Look, I did not say was. You cannot say God was. God is. I can't say God was, or God will be. Because if I use the word God was, it means that there has been a change to now, isn't it? 
and God will be means that there will be another change. No, God is. God is good. Not that God will be good. You know, there are so many misconceptions that we have, even as Christians. You know, I am trusting God to do this. The real thing is that God has said he would do it. And I believe that it is done. Praise Jesus. I looked at the prayer of Jesus Christ where Lazarus was buried. Jesus came there. He said, Father, I know that you hear me. And you have always heard me. Lazarus comfort. He did not say, God, make Lazarus the comfort. Because the fact that you hear me and you always, if I speak this word in your name, by your power, it will happen. If I speak in the name of Jesus, that must come to be. Because the word of God said so. And if his word has said so, there is nothing that will make it not to come to pass. Praise Jesus. The God we are talking of is the same God that created the universe. It's the same God that when he created man, he walked in the garden of Eden to fellowship with the man he created. So this tells you about his love for man. I was reading a place that God being all sufficient to himself, God does not need you, does not need me. But God created us to show his image, his likeness, his power, his love. To showcase his character. To make himself known to his creation. Praise Jesus. It's the same God that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Took them through the wilderness. And as he promised to Abraham. He brought them to the promised land. Praise Jesus. That's the God we're talking about. And this God changed not. All the miracles you read today in the Bible. They are possible. With you, with me. They are possible. If you can read it, they are possible. If you have heard that he has done it for someone else and it's God that did it, it is possible. That's what his immutability is. He has not changed and he will not change. So, have you asked him as he said, it is done. Praise Jesus. You know, many times, you know, there are some things we say and maybe we ask some questions. I've done that. I don't know why God is not doing this. As if he promised, but he's thinking about it, no? If he would do it. Or maybe he has changed his mind from doing it. No, no, no. God does not change. Praise Jesus. You know that the word of God is God, right? If you go to the book of John, and the word was what? God. So, if God does not change, how can his word change? You know? I know we Africans, many of us have two names. Like myself, I'm Lawrence and I'm Uchenna. Okay? Now, imagine that somebody says that Lawrence said something, but Uchenna is changing his mind. I just want you to imagine that. Lawrence says something, but Uchenna is changing his mind. He's talking about the same person. Lawrence and Uchenna, they are one. God and his word, they are one. No change. Praise God. This God is the same that sent his own son. Now, when you hear his son, his son is himself. You know, many times when we read that he sent his only begotten son, it looks like there are two different real entities separated. No, 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 no. He sent himself. I want you to know that because, I mean, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are but one God. 
So he sent himself to come. But the only thing is that that very part of him that can go is the son part. Praise Jesus. And he came, he died, and resurrected just to show us mercy, grace, and reopened for us the access to him that was shot in the Garden of Eden. Praise Jesus. I want you to stop and think. What does it really mean for you? God changed not. Think of it. God changed not. What does it mean for me? Does it mean, okay, God changed not. That's all. God changed not means that every single promise of God is true and must be. Every single one. Many times, and that's one of the tricks the enemy plays on us. You know, when you pray for something, you start expecting an answer. Is it? I prayed and I'm waiting for an answer. You know, in the book of Daniel, Daniel was praying. When the angel came, that was 21 days after, he was praying. What did they tell him? As soon as you started praying, your answer was released. But the prince of Persia. So, the enemy may come in between the delivery of your answer to discourage you or discourage me to believe that God has not answered me. But he said, when you call on me, I will what? Answer you. That's why when Jesus... Every time he spoke, he does not look back to see how it will be done. He knows it will be done. When he was passing, he saw the fig tree. He caused the fig tree. He was the disciples the next day. Jesus was not looking at that fig tree. He knew that it must be. Have I spoken? It must be. The disciples said, ah, that fig tree you caused. Look at, he has, he said, that was when he told them about faith now. Praise Jesus. So what kind of assurance? Does I change not give to you or to me? You are relating with the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It means that whatever he has promised you and me is assured. I have an assurance if he has promised it. Then if we really believe that God does not change, why do we then doubt his word? You know, I found out recently that doubt is a sin. I don't want to go there, but I think that was brought up in one of the videos, no? Doubt is a sin. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him as what? For righteousness. If Abraham has doubted God, it will be counted unto him for, for righteousness, for sin. Sin, let's call it sin. Because when you say unrighteousness, the English is just too complicated. Praise Jesus. God does not want to be doubted. God should not be doubted. You know, it was Zachariah, the angel, that is, was talking to him. Immediately he manifested doubt. He said, who do you think you are? I, I stand before God. And you are doubting my word? They had to shut him up. They had to shut his mouth. Because they know that this man, with his doubt, can make this thing delay. Praise Jesus. The Bible uses the word at the fullness of time. When is the fullness of time? We don't know. But we have to be careful of what we say. That is, when I know that God changed not, if I have prayed according to his promise, I should know that it is done. Praise Jesus. Pastor, last Sunday, he took us, I mean, through some things that happened in the Bible when he was talking about the disciples of Jesus Christ. 
when the mother came to him, right? And said, as they were looking for wine. And she told them, whatever he says to do, do it. The normal way should have been that Jesus would have said, okay, fetch the water. Touch the water. The water turned into wine before them. And then they will take the wine. They will even test the wine and see that it's good before taking. But no. He took his own route. And said, I feel. Take the water too. To the master of the ceremony. He was not looking that wine was coming. Praise Jesus. Lazarus was sick. All he needed to do is even speak the word from where he is. Doesn't even need to go there. He waited. And he died. But what happened next? When he got there, four days, already stinking. And when he called him, you know the wonderful thing about it? When he called Fort Lazarus, the Bible did not say, and the stink disappeared. There was no more stink. Praise Jesus. Pastor told us about the blind man. He wanted to heal. If I like the way Pastor put it, he took the sand, spitted on it, and blinded him the more. That's enough to make us understand that all I just need to do is to believe him. Whichever way he takes, he will do his word. He will do it because he said it. Praise Jesus. Numbers 23 verse 19. He said, God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he make it good? God said it. God did it. That's all we know. God said it. And God did it. Praise Jesus. You know, many times when I think of miracles, you know, I will, I will be looking for the Bible references, right? But recently, I have so many references in my life. That I just remember he has done this before in my own life. Or, ah, he will do it again. Many times, that is, my wife knows this, that God has said, stand on an issue. And believe me, sometimes I'll be asking myself, why does he wait to the, till the very, very last second? Why? But it will always come to, if I said it, he will do it. But why? It's not him. The enemy wants you to jump out of the bus of faith. I call it the moving bus of faith. The enemy wants you to jump out. To say, ah, I've misdirection. Praise Jesus. That's what we do when we want to help God. Whenever we try to help God, we're jumping out of that bus of faith. The bus is moving. Faith boss, ah, that's not my direction. Nothing is happening, isn't it? If not, I would have been seeing it that we are close. Then let me jump, and you jump, and you turn back, and the enemy will laugh. God will help us in Jesus' name. Isaiah 40, verse 8. He said, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. So even if I doubt because my faith fades, it does not change the word of God. But look at the dangerous thing there. The dangerous thing for me who doubts is that I may not receive the manifestation of that word because I shifted from my faith standing position. I'm the one who shifted. Praise Jesus. I want us to imagine this. Imagine that Pastor Chris tells me to wait for him in the church that is coming. He says, by 10, I will come. And then by 9.30, I start saying, uh, he's not here. By 9.40, he's not here. 9.50, he's not here. And I call both, or I stop my car, and I leave. I say that he has disappointed me. Has he? He said by 10. 
Did he tell me he's going to come with his car? All he's told me is that he will come. All I need to do is to wait. By 10, he will appear. But what we do with God is that once he has said, wait, to this time I will do it, we wait. Sometimes, even 30 seconds to the time, we move away. And we will say that God has not done it. God cannot fail his word. He cannot fail his word. That's just the truth. Praise God. Matthew 24, verse 35. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. By no means. There is nothing. There is no agitation. No kind trial of obstruction. Nothing will make his word to pass away. That's why that by no means is there. Will by no means. Praise Jesus. This God that changed not he has no beginning. Because if we say he has a beginning, then we can say where he started from. Or of which, if he started from somewhere, then there must have been some mutations, some variations, some change for him to be where he is today. He has no beginning. Praise Jesus. If we go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, I thank God that that word started that way. He said, in the beginning, God created. The beginning what we would have heard if God started from there is that in the beginning, God came to be and then he created, isn't it? So if he came to be, it means that he must have been also created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, in the beginning, God. He must be existing before the beginning. That's why the Bible says in the beginning, God. Praise Jesus. God existed before the beginning. Praise Jesus. Psalm 102, 25 to 27. It says, of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will change them, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. Praise Jesus. He is... Before the beginning. And he is after the end. Praise the Lord. Psalm 90 verse 2 says. Before the mountains were brought forth. Or ever you have formed the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. You know when we hear this everlasting to everlasting. There is something as someone who has done mathematics. You know we have from minus infinity to plus infinity. That's not what we're talking about. Because the minus infinity to the plus infinity that we're talking about, time is inside. Space is inside. No, 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 no. The everlasting to everlasting is out of space and out of time. It's not the same. If I tell you that this thing has lived for 100 years, is living within this time and the space of 100 years, so if I tell you from minus infinity years to plus infinity years, I'm still talking about time. I'm still referring to time and I'm still referring to what? Space. God does not live in time. He created time and he created space. Praise Jesus. God in his immutability, he cannot faint or grow weary. God cannot faint. So God cannot be tired. God cannot be what? Tired. That you say, okay, now he has worked too much today. We've really bombarded him with a lot of prayers. 
that's they are still analyzing you know they have a lot of work to do no 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 praise jesus god does not faint and he does not grow weary isaiah 40 28 he says have you not known have you not heard the everlasting god the lord the creator of the ends of the earth neither faints nor is weary his understanding is unsearchable that's in this place you know sometimes me i have been confused in the past you know the bible says that god created everything in six days right and then he said on the seventh day he rested ha i used to think that okay now he needed some rest you know he rested that's what the new king james said in genesis 2 1 to 3 he said thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished and on the seventh day god ended his work which he had done and uh, what he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done then god blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which god had created and made so for me it was that he has done a lot of work just think of creating the entire universe all the things even making man and all that he needs some to rest i used to think that our god does not go on vacation he does not what go on vacation praise jesus now let's look at that again there's something that is i know that some people at least like me before we have a better understanding let's look at it on the living bible what it says now at last the heavens and the earth were successfully completed with all that they contained verse two so on the seventh day having finished his task god ceased from his work he had been doing he ceased from that work not say that he's he rested go to verse three he says so on the seventh day so and god so and god blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he ceased this work of creation so if you were having doubt doubt that god rested because some people will tell you but even god rested on the seventh day i mean many of us say it i'm tired even god had some rest no took some rest no 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 he ceased from that work he stopped that work but the bible did not say that he rest. in fact because of the language you know the ancient he rested from that work means he ceased he stopped doing it praise god god who created time and created space he cannot be limited by time and space you know why time changes space changes there are variations mutations praise jesus there's another misinterpretation or misconcept i will call it i've been one of the people who made this statement i said god is the beginning and the end and everything in between have you heard that before i've said it before god is the beginning and the end and everything in between that's not the word of god there's no place in the bible you hear that god is everything in between the end the beginning you will see god is the beginning and the end you know why god cannot be everything in between because in between is time and space god controls everything in between but it cannot be everything in between he controls it he's in charge but god is the beginning and he is what the end he is the first and he is what the last he is the alpha and he is what the omega so i cannot try to smuggle god in between beginning and end no that's where me and you are that's where the whole creation are between the beginning and the end god cannot be there but god controls it praise jesus isaiah 44 6 to 8 
Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me. Since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show this to them. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. Now, I read this and the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see something. God in the, let me say, out of time and out of space is alone. Every other that is called God or claimed to be God lives in between the, the beginning and the end. Are you getting it now? Every other, no other. You say, beside me, around me, where I stay, there is no other. Because if there is any other one, then he is also God. That means I'm competing with someone. So I know no other. I know not one. Where I stay, no other stay there. Praise Jesus. No other. Where I stay, no other stay there. Praise the living Jesus. So sometimes we have heard of others. They call God. I started, I don't want to call their names. I went to check in every other religion what they refer as their God or who they refer as their God. They are all created or they are all born. If you go to the legend, they'll say he came from. So, so isn't it? From. He came from somewhere. They came from somewhere. They were made by or born by others. So there's no one where God is. In that place where he is, which is out of time and out of space, no one is sharing it with him. Praise Jesus. In Revelation 22 verse 13, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. In every of them, they are distinct. The beginning, they jumped the in-between and say, and the what? The last. The first, they jump and say, and the alpha and the omega. So, my understanding of the word, God does not change, is what makes my Christian faith stable. If I, someone is being carried away by a flood, one of the safest things you look for is a very sound, stable rock, isn't it? If you can grab it, if you can tie yourself to it, nothing will happen. Once you can hold it and you are anchored to it, nothing. If the flood won't let them increase, let it, as long as that rock cannot be moved away by that flood, you will still be alive. Praise Jesus. I was thinking, why do I say in this now? I thought of something. I said, okay, so there are some rocks that, I mean, they have been there. You know, they, they cannot, they are, they are not moved. And so on and so on. I, I now went to my geological science immediately that every rock had when it started, when it was formed. Right? In fact, even the, the them coming to surface, Something happened to move them to surface. Either an earthquake, volcanic, or whatever. And also rocks are weathered. The more they stay, and you know, after a while you see them, that is uh, their, yeah? So everything, everything changes except God. Praise Jesus. So when you hear God loves you, 
It's an eternal word. God lost me is eternal. It's not something that is temporal. It's not something that will change tomorrow. That God loves you cannot change. Praise God. I, I was thinking and I, and I read, I wrote it down. I said, God blesses and no sorrow is added. That's Proverbs 10, 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow. This brought me to reflecting. Then, what I wrote down here is, any riches taken by force, intimidation, stealing, causes sorrow. And they cannot be from God. If you become rich because you stole or because you intimidated or because you took it by force, it cannot be from God. You know, many, when they hear, that is right from the time of John the Baptist, they want the kingdom of God sovereign and the violence take it by force. They think he's going to come and grab what you have and take it away and say God gave it to them. No. Anytime you see stealing happening, killing or destruction, it can only be from Satan because that is his mission wherever he goes, wherever he is. You say he comes to what? To do what? To steal, to kill and to destroy. So if you see a man who is taking anything and he's stealing, he's killing, he's destroying, it's Satan. That is operating. That is operation. It cannot be God. Praise Jesus. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God's word does not change. If God has said it, it is done. I don't know. I believe there's someone here. You may be asking yourself, that thing I was waiting I waited on God for over five years, for over 10 years, and you abandoned it. Let me bring some information to you. The promise of God has not changed. It's you that moved away. So go back, go back, and take that which he has already given you. Go back. You waited, you left. You abandoned the whole thing. You abandoned the idea. But you prayed. It did not come. Go back. Praise Jesus. Because if he said it, it is done. Praise Jesus. One other thing that does not change is his plans. His plans does not change. Praise the Lord. Psalm 33 verse 11. He says, but the plans are through all generations. God plans and he must bring to pass. Praise Jesus. God wanted to take the children of Israel according to his plan. You know, the Bible told us it's a journey of plus or minus 40 days, right? Yes, they stayed 40 years. But the 40 years is because of demo, not because of God. But what matters is that God did what he said he would do. God brought it to pass. Yes, he phased out a whole generation, but he still brought the children of Israel. Isn't it? There's something God said to me once, and I was terrified. You know why I'm asking him for something? I'm waiting on him. I'm getting troubled. He said to me, if you will not wait as I said, I will give it to your children. But he will still give. He has said he will give, isn't it? He will still give. Let me show you something in the Bible. I think is Okay, I can tell the story. I think it's in Genesis chapter 12. Praise Jesus. Genesis 12. Okay, no, go to 11, the last verse, sorry. Chapter 11. 
Okay, let me take it from 11.27. He said, this is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah. In his native land, in Ur, of the Chaldeans. You know? Then Abraham and Nahor took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milka. The daughter of Haran, the father of Milka, and the father of uh, Iska. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took his son, Abraham. Listen to this. Terah took his son and his grandson, Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his son, Abraham's wife, and they went out with them to, from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of where? Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. We'll go to 12. When the Lord showed me this, Terah lost a son called Haran. Right? When he came to a land called Haran, you know he was going to Canaan. When he came to that land called Haran, he believed in himself. This is where I am going. But that's not where the Lord was directing him. He stayed there. I'm sure he started sorrowing there. He dwelled there to cry more. He dwelled there remembering the son's name, the death. And he died there. But look at what happened in 12 verse 1. In 12 verse 1, he said, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Where did God take Abraham? Canaan. Where his father was going. God's plan was, I will get you to this land, Canaan. The man came somewhere and stopped. His faith stopped. Everything about him was blinded by his son's death. So he stayed there. But God did not stop his mission. When he died, God said, Why are you? Come. I will take you the same place. I was directing your father. God's plans can know what? Change. So when he said to me, If you will not wait and trust me, I will give it to your children. God lives in eternity. So, if my own children fails, he will give it to their own children. The thing is that whoever is ready, like Abraham was ready to follow, then Abraham entered into that promise. Praise Jesus. Hebrews 6, 13 to 18. Let me read it from the Living Bible. For instance, there was God's promise to Abraham. God took an oath in his own name. Since there was no one greater to swear by, that he would bless Abraham again and again and give him a son and make him the father of a great nation of people. Then Abraham waited patiently until finally God gave him a son, Isaac, just as he had promised. 16. When a man takes an oath, he is calling upon someone greater than himself to force him to do what he has promised. Or to punish him if he later refuses to do it. The oath ends all argument about it. God also bound himself with an oath. So that those he promised to help would be perfectly sure. And never need to wonder whether he might change his plans. He has given us both his promise and his oath. Two things we can completely count on. For it is impossible for God to tell a lie. Now, all those who flee to him to save them, 
can take a new courage when they hear such assurances from God. Now they can know without doubt that he will give them the salvation he has promised them. Praise Jesus. I mean, that's what we're hearing today is a bond. You know, some of us have heard about insurance bond. When you do a bond, if it's an insurance company or a bank, what it means is that they've taken full responsibility in case of failure. Isn't it? Full responsibility. So if they take a bond on your behalf, it means that they have taken full responsibility in case you fail. Praise Jesus. God is giving us a bond. I do not change. My word cannot change. My plans cannot change. Praise Jesus. I want us to read that the full of that. Sometimes I know our time is going, but this is necessary. He says, rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. For praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Today is Thanksgiving. For the word of the Lord is right. And all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And all the host of them, by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters and the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and he stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people has he chosen as his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. Look at it. Just, from where he is, out of space. Are you seeing it? Out of what? Space. He sees all. He looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He considered all their works. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death. And to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice in him. Because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us. Just as we hope in you. Praise Jesus. You know, what I want to say is this. Every word from God, if I can hear it, is for me. And if it's for me, it is done. Every word from God. Once I can hear it, it is for me. And if it is for me, it is done for me. Every word from God. If you can hear it, it's for you. And if you have heard it, it is done for you. Because sometimes, someone hears a word, you did not hear it. It is for that one. If he can hold it, know it's for him, then it is done for him. Have you ever been reading your Bible... You're reading, you're reading. Then at the time, it's like a, a word jumps out. Pam. It's like someone spoke it after the Bible you're reading, isn't it? Eh? 
That word is for you. Praise Jesus. And if you have heard it, then it will be done for you. Praise Jesus. Isaiah 46, 9 to 11. I'll read it in New King James and after I want to read it in easy to read version. But easy to read version made some other things there clear. He said, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a bed of prayer from the east. The man who executes my counsel from a, from a far country. Indeed, I, will, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have proposed it. I will also do it. Let's go to easy to read version. He said, remember what happened long ago. Remember, I am God and there is no other God. There is no one like me. In the beginning, I told you what would happen in the end. A long time ago, I told you things that have not happened yet. When I plan something, it happens. I do whatever I want to do. I am calling a man from the east to do what I want. He will come like an eagle from a far country. He will do all that I have planned. Everything I said will happen just as I said it would. Everything God has said, unless you've not had him say it, it would happen. It must happen. Must. I use the word must. Must happen. God does not change his mind. I can tell you tomorrow, I will give you a certain amount of money. Between now and tomorrow, something happened and I spend the money. If you come, you know, I'll tell you, oh, sorry, you know, I didn't expect this to happen. And it has happened. Unless you have to wait. Maybe you wait till next month, till next two months, till next week. You understand? That is man. It is not God. Just think of many times, at least it has happened to many of us. You have someone maybe who is a DG in a government agency, for example. And you have had a wonderful meeting. Have set out what and what and what, you know, will come, you are going to be doing for them. Maybe it's to come in a week time or 10 days time. You are relaxed. You are just already rejoicing. Maybe five days from that meeting. So remaining about uh, five days to the happening. You are just watching the news. And you hear that so and so DG has been removed. Not fired. (laughs) Let's even be, let's be soft. Has been posted to another ministry or to another agency. (laughs) What do you think will happen? You will first... You know, you are looking at your television. You want to blame the television. That is, say, ah, no, no, this cannot be true. The next thing you pick your phone and you start making calls. This, ah, no, yes, it's true. Hey, you say, no, this one is not. I don't think he knows what he's saying. You come and up, yes, it's true. It ha- that's with man. But do you know what? You will never hear that God has been removed from his position. No, you will never. No one can remove him. He's always there. So he has said he would do it, then he must do it. He's under obligation to whatever he has said. He's constrained to doing whatever he has promised. Praise Jesus. I I remember another one. This one happened to me. You know, a meeting of concluding a transaction. You know, like by Thursday, it was decided the meeting would be on Monday. So, you know, such meetings, you dress your best, no? Carry your proposals 
And when you get to the reception or to the secretary, you say, yes, yeah, our guy is expecting us. The secretary says, our guy traveled. You want to slap the secretary because I can our guy that say I should come. He said on Thursday I should come. And I, I came here now, you are telling me, what do you want? What's your problem? And I tell you that something happened over the weekend. Our guy had to fly out of the country on Saturday. When is he coming back? We don't know. <laughs> oh my God. That is the fact that man and the situations around a man can change. Something can change a man. Something can change the plan of a man. But nothing can change God. Nothing can change his word. Nothing can change his plan. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. There are so many promises in the Bible. So many. If you go to gather as much as you can, you look at them. I want you to believe that all of them together must happen. Every word God has spoken must come to pass. Praise Jesus. Let me just mention a few. Call to me. I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you know not. In Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Ask it and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and you shall be opened to you. He's just telling you that if I call him, I will get an answer. If I come to knock, he will open. If I seek him, I will find him. Praise Jesus. But the one that, I mean, that is a, is a word that I've been resounding and resounding to me is Philippians 4, 6. And then what happens in 7? He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. Look at what happens in seven. When you pray. And you go to him in supplication. And then you come to with thanksgiving. You say you receive the peace of God. The peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding. This will guide your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if you have prayed for anything. And you have gone to him in supplication. Today is thanksgiving. I want you today to rejoice. To thank him. So that you that peace. When you hear that peace. Many does not know that the peace. Is to settle you. Then you receive what you have prayed for. But the peace takes you out of agitation. Out of anxiety. Praise Jesus. In the past I used to. I mean agitate a lot. I used to shake. Something is going on and something pops up, right? And I start shaking. But the Holy Spirit taught me something. You know, whenever that is happening now, it's like they will just tap me at the back. Uh, uh, go to him. Do you know the kind of prayer I pray? Father, you said that I should not worry. But I will come to you with prayer. And I will come with supplication. And with thanksgiving. And this case will be settled. Now, what I will do, I will just close myself up and ask him. And when I ask him, I'm asking him, that's the word supplication means, Daddy, help me. And then I will start thanking him. And when I finish, I, I rest my case. Believe me, he answers. Someone may ask, but if God is all-knowing, he knows what I need. So why should he wait for me to ask? Let me, show you, let me tell you something. I, we have mothers here, right? When you have your baby, especially in the night, you have fed them, you have finished everything, you go to put them on the bed. 
Why do you get up when they cry? There are some things that they must ask their mother for their mother to give them. Praise Jesus. And children, you know, babies, you know why they cry? Because they have learned that once they cry, their mother comes. Once that ah, their mother will say, what is happening? So when I go to God and pray, he said he will answer. Then he will answer me. You know, I think was it, um, was it on Friday? Something happened in my house. And I told him, it's because you don't, have a, you don't have faith in me. I came, we were eating, and my son said, ah, daddy, how are you? It's already late, almost around uh, nine. So, I would just like to have a burger and sludge. You know this amigo sludge, no? And my wife said, well, I will join in the burger. My son was on pyjama. My wife also was, you know, in the house dress. I said, if you dress up now, we will go. They started laughing. I said, daddy, you. I said, if you dress up now, we will go. They asked me, are you sure? I said, well, it depends on your faith. And really me, inside me, I was ready to go. But they did not trust me. They did not believe. They doubted me. And I did not go. And they did not have their burger and their sludge. My money was saved. I like that. I like that. <laughs> they made a demand. And they did not even make the demand that they want to. They said, I will love to. And I said, if you dress up. And me, I have not undressed myself. I was, I, you know, I was still dressed to register to stand up and go. I said, if you go to dress up, I will go. And then, then do you know what the, the argument was that if it's God that said it, we'll believe. I said, okay. Okay. Praise Jesus. The way God do things is not the way we do things. His thoughts, they are far from our thoughts. His ways are far from our ways. What he say he will do is what we take. We should not start looking at how will he do it. Because if I start checking and analyzing how he will do it, I will end up doubting him. Praise Jesus. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 55 from verse 8. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and board that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void but they shall accomplish what I please, and they shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. Shall we stand? It is important for you to know that the greatest reason for thanksgiving unto God is that he changed not. That he changed not means that he can be trusted. He changed not. If you have asked and you have abandoned, this is the time for you to pick it up. Pick it up. Because it has not changed. Pick up what you abandoned yourself. You may have been disappointed so much by men. And then you think that it's God that has disappointed you. It's because you removed your eyes from trusting God. And you started trusting men. God is God. So it's time for me to say thank you. 
for being whom you are. It's time for me to say thank you for every promise of yours. It's time for me to say thank you for living out of space and time so that you can coordinate whatever that is happening to me. Let's go to verse 12 of that. I take that 12 and 13 as a press prayer. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands in the name of Jesus. And verse 13. Say, the instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. And instead of the brer shall come up the mighty tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name. For an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Everything you are expecting. The Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Your expectations, my expectations, our expectations shall not be cut short. I don't know whom I've come to speak to today. Maybe you have started doubting God for circumstances around you. Maybe you lost your job so many years ago and you are tired of looking for one. You don't even know where to go. Go to God. Go to God. You don't know whom to call. Call God. He said, call me and I will answer you. You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone 09 290 9000 or 0703 158 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.